Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. This morning, I have the honor of bringing us around dating and marriage. As this church's uh, marriage expert, um, <laughs> no, it's my honor to bring us around the Word of God um, this morning so that we would encounter Him. I'd like to welcome everyone listening on our podcast. You're a part of the family. We pray that this morning bless you. Uh, this morning, around dating and marriage, I'm speaking on the topic, the next right thing. We cannot change the things that we may have done wrong in the past, but we can make the decision to do the next right thing. It's not too late to do the next right thing in your life. You can uh, maybe have some encounters this morning that correct you. Uh, We believe as a church that correction is kindness, that when God uh, brings attention onto something, it's so that you can move forward, not so that you can be uh, sad and stay in the same place. John 16 verse 8 talks about uh, the Holy Spirit being the convictor of sin. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 6 says that God disciplines those that He loves. And when we come around a topic like relationships, uh, we can sometimes approach it maybe with a little bit of pride. A little bit of I know what's going on, but I, I just believe that anything we approach with humility, we approach correctly. That if you come before God and be like, God, open, open heart, search my heart this morning and see if there's anything in me that offends you and bring me into alignment with who you are. I think that's a powerful thing this morning. So I'm not a relation expert. Also, I'm not an expert of anything. Uh, so if you're looking for experts, uh, you might have to go find uh, someone else. But this morning, I believe that God is a bit of an expert uh, and He can bring our attention onto some things this morning that will help us. Um, I was saying to Pastor Benai as we were preparing this whole series uh, a couple of months ago that this is an important thing, and he shared it a couple of weeks ago in church, to hear the heart, not the words. Because what can happen in any kind of series we do as a church, let alone a series we've never done before uh, in our church's history that I'm aware of uh, from Pastor James uh, talking with him, um, it's important for us to understand that when the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, that's an issue between you and God. So if you're in connect groups and talking about relationship stuff and someone says something, you're like, oh, why is that addressing me, right? Just, just take it to God, yeah? <laughs> so I'm going to say some things this morning that hopefully are the truth of God that is above us, that we need to reach up to. So this morning, uh, if I offend you, I pray, um, take it to God. <laughs> you can talk to me after the service. I would love to uh, hear that you're offended by me. That would be really encouraging for me. So that would be great. Um, I'm going to do something I've never done before in one of my messages. I'm going to give you a precap. The opposite of a recap, I'm going to tell you everything that's about to happen in a few seconds, and then we're going to unpack it together. So our precap is going to appear on the screen. The point of today is that it's not too late to do the next right thing. I want to cover these 10 simple tips covering people that are single, people that are searching, people that are dating, and people that are married. And the importance of us coming back to the truth of the Word of God and not letting our relationships be uh, simply copies of what we've seen in our parents or those influences around us, that we would come back to truth, we'd come back to the Word of God and know that He has a plan for us to have functional, heaven-on-earth relationships. So, 
I'll be talking to everyone this morning. We'll be covering cause, community, Christ, character, boundaries, beliefs, mission, mentorship, memories, and moments in the next 37 minutes, and it's going to be fantastic. But I just want to pray one more time for the Word. Jesus, we thank you that you, you do know how to convict us. The Holy Spirit, you know how to bring us into alignment with you. We pray this morning, God, that you, are, you show us your kindness. You show us how to, how to flourish better in our current relationships. I pray for our singles all the way through to our veteran married. I pray, Jesus, this morning that you, you speak, that you have your way, and that your Word do what only your Word can do. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Okay, ready to start? Where are my singles at? Woo that sadness out. <laughs> but I want to give some tips um, for singles. Whether uh, you're in a season where you, a relationship is not something you're searching for, or maybe you're in a season where um, the love of your life, you've been through that season, you're in a widowing season or a different season. This morning, I want to give us two important tips and keys when it comes to flourishing as a single. These are the things of what to live for. The first one is this, the cause. Wow, you, you said whoa and like you were surprised that that was the first point. I already told you that that was the first point, church. That's the problem with the pre-cap. There's no secrets anymore. Uh, in Colossians 1 verse 16, I want us to look at this scripture together and the context of the cause of our lives. It says this, For in Him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. It's important to understand that underlining foundation of our life has to be the cause, the actual reason why we exist. And the reason why we exist is one thing, it is for Jesus. It is not simply for relationship, it is not simply for community, it is not simply for mission. We need to understand as all people, as all humans, we need to have the foundation that I exist to encounter Jesus. I exist for relationship with Him above relationship with someone else. I'm not a broken heart wandering around looking for another half. That God has a plan for me to have a full heart, to be focused on Him, and to have my foundation set in Him. You don't exist to be in a relationship with a person. Firstly, you exist to be in a relationship with God. What is your motivation for life? What is the cause that you are living for? Is it causes that reflect Him? Causes to populate heaven, causes to be more and more like Jesus, causes to bring heaven to earth in every situation, causes to calm the storm and to know who is in your boat. The cause of what we do, not only as singles, but as all humans, needs to be Jesus. We, we've covered that over the last couple of weeks, but there's, there's, I don't think you can talk about Jesus too much. So let's understand all of us, let's always bring it back Jesus. The cause, Jesus. The reason, Jesus. It's all, it's all about Jesus. Less of me, more of Jesus. The second thing is this for our singles, it's community. Galatians 6 verse 2 to 5 is the scripture that is kind of the framework actually for this entire series. Uh, and it says this, carry each other's burdens and in this you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone. Without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Everyone say, each one should carry their own load. 
This scripture is cool because it opens with the thought of carry each other's burdens and then finishes with each one should carry their own load. These two uh, words in the original text describe two different things. To carry each other's burdens as if to push a boulder up a hill. You can't do it alone and there's some things you need to be open about in community. I need help. I'm a part of the body and I know I'm, I'm an ear and I need a little bit of nose right now or I need a, the knee. I'm a part of the body. So it's pushing things up, the impossible things. We need to carry the burden together. But the load uh, described here is more of the context of a backpack. It would be ridiculous if Ryan was walking around with a backpack and he was like, Joel, can you please put one of these straps over your shoulder and one strap over? No, that's something that he's supposed to carry himself. An important thing to work out in yours, mine, and ours is to work out what are your things to carry, what are my things to carry, and then community-wise, what are our things that we should be talking about that should be on the front burner in our relationships and our mentorship. To know the difference between those things is an important thing. You don't arrive there, I think, in every different season to know that, okay, this is something I'm supposed to carry, but this is something I'm supposed to share. This is a burden that someone else can hold with me and hold me accountable to and help me fight and overcome. It's always a season for community. Mm. Pastor and I talked about in the first week, the relationships need to be actually watered. We're a part of the body. We're not built for isolation or independence. We're built for community. So no matter what your relationship status is, let's make sure we come back to the foundation of what is my cause and then what is the community that I'm a part of and how does those two things work together. Now, can I move from singles into the singles that are on the hunt, the searching people in this room? Give me a wave if you're on the hunt in this room. Okay, Tom's pointing at people. That's very mean. I say that hand, Andrew Rankin, I say that hand. Uh. So yesterday I was in um, Salty Joe's, and Andrew Rankin approached me and my wife, date day, but he was involved, um, and he asked, could I possibly say this this morning? So I'll say, I don't think he wanted me to do the intro like this. Um, Is there anyone in this room that's 68 and single? Please stand up. Um, I think I butchered that, Andrew. Sorry, I should have. You should have given me more notes for that one. Um, <laughs> so the first thing is, is single tips. These are the things what to live for. The second thing is the searching tips. These are the things. I oh, sorry. The first thing was single tips, what to live for. Second thing, searching tips on what to look for. First one is this: Christ. Matthew 6 verse 23 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. One of the best relationship tips that I can give you, the people that are searching, is this. Look for someone that loves Jesus more than they will ever, ever love you. Someone that has a foundation of a relationship with him that is their motivator. You need to change them less if Jesus is changing them. You'll need to make them less. You only need to spend all your time being like, are they Christ-like enough? Are they Christ-like enough? Because they made the decision, I'm going to be Christ-like. I'm going to keep on coming back to Him. There's going to be less of me and more of you. When looking for someone, we must first stop and consider <laughs> that we are, I love this. I spoke to our young adults um, a few weeks ago about the myth that you are half a heart looking for another half. That if you're single or searching, that you're somehow, you are, you are, you are unable to live a fruitful and happy life. 
Um, it's not true. The Bible doesn't describe that we are half a heart looking for another half of heart, and there's only one other half heart, and if you take someone else's half, it puts the whole system out, and everyone ends up with someone else's half, and you've only got your half, and they've, all the halves are all wrong, and if you get the wrong half, then you've got to find a third, and put a half over here, and then there's mass. Um, the truth is, the Bible describes in Ephesians 5 that one and one become, uh, sorry, one and one, two, become one. That when it comes to looking for someone that you're going to spend your life with, it's important to look for someone that's becoming whole with Jesus, not whole with you. So if you're searching or hunting, (laughs) make sure that Jesus is your first and Jesus is their first before ever considering putting them second. If Jesus is first, you'll be amazed at what ultimately you don't need to fix. And if you're searching, uh, no matter what your age is, if you're in the searching season of your life, can I just encourage you, don't look for projects. Don't look for someone that you could make into the person that you want if you were just given enough time. If you just locked them down in a marriage and then you could tell them everything they need to improve. For the, no, no, look for someone that God is calling you to partner with because they've already put God first. So the first one um, for our searching is Christ. The second one is character. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 describes the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I'm going to read them again, and can the searching people give me a bit of an amen as I go? This is what you're looking for. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, oh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, looks fade, but character stands. Uh, again, I was sharing with our young adults a couple of weeks ago that you shouldn't be looking for tall, dark, and handsome. Because one day they'll be short, short, pale, and not handsome. I don't know. Um, but if we look for the wrong things, we end up with the wrong result. So instead of maybe tall, dark, and handsome, trustworthy, faithful, consistent, um, character, um, motivated by God, secure, honest, um, faithful, um, these amazing Galatians 5 verse 22 shows us the things that we should be looking for when we're looking for a relationship. Uh, I, I love the framework here of these fruits of the Spirit, these things that are important in the life of a believer. It doesn't say like cool shoes. Mm. They walk into the room and they're confident. They're walking like this. And I don't know if that's a confident walk or has a perfect amount of 5 o'clock shadow but no 6 p.m. shadow or whatever it is um, to make sure we're going back to the things that actually matter. And Christ and character are foundations of any relationship that will result in godly outcomes. Prioritize the things that will make you happy, not the things that will make you giggle. (laughs) because I'm thankful that where me and Alex were at in our marriage that the foundations that we have are ones that mattered they weren't just that she looked identical to a girl off Blue Water High and I kind of like that TV show they were her consistency that I know who she's going to be tomorrow and in five years and in ten years because our foundation is set. So it's important to when we're looking to look for the right things, not the wrong things. Because you look for the wrong things, you'll end up in the wrong place with the wrong person and you'll be in the wrong lane. Look for 
the right things. Okay, singles, you're covered. Ready? Can you keep going? The dating and engaged people in this room. <laughs> These are tips that I've learned. Um, the reason why I can say that I'm a relationship expert, um, I put some, some things on Instagram, some questions to ask people um, from your worst breakup or how many relationships you've been in uh, through to the number one thing you're looking for or the worst dating advice you got. And there was, there was too many for me to possibly share. Wow, some people have had some horrible relationships. Um, <laughs> but I've learned on my journey pre-Jesus and post-Jesus um, that if you don't have healthy boundaries, um, you can end up in really dangerous places. Uh, and I'm thankful for the mentorship that was in my life, um, getting saved in this house, growing up in our youth ministry, uh, from people like Nat, people like Pastor Benaya, um, to put in healthy boundaries. Um, so let me cover um, the importance of boundaries when it comes to dating and engaged. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 8, one of my favorite scriptures of all time, it is a 101 basic foundation that if you forget, you end up in a messy place. But if you remember, you can weather some storms. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. There's steps there. Trust in God with all of your heart. Yeah. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to Him. Or another translation says acknowledge Him and then He will make your path straight. I said it earlier um, this morning, but I'll, I'll say it again. We can't uh, live outside of godly ways and expect to be in the will of God. The will of God is something we often search. Is this the right person? Is this the right job? Should I be going to that church? Should I be in that workplace? We search eagerly the will of God. Can I guarantee you, if you stay inside of the ways of God, you'll end up in the will of God. If you stay inside of faithfulness, if you stay inside of seeking Him first and prayer and committing yourself to those things, if you stay inside of the boundaries of a healthy relationship, you'll end up inside of the will of God for your life. A fire is a good thing. Can I get an amen? We're doing a bonfire in a few weeks, and a fire is a good thing, but a fire in an incorrect context without the right boundaries ends up dangerous. So if I was to have a fireplace in my house, which I do not, um, but if you would have a fireplace, if we had a fireplace in an imaginary house that we can all remember and think of together, you with me, um, the fire is safe in the house because of the boundaries around it because it's in a fireplace. If the fire had no boundaries in our house, we have a problem. So the difference is not what the fire is. The difference is how it's contained. And when it comes to boundaries in healthy dating and marriage, it's not that the fire is inherently wrong. It's that if it's not placed inside of the right things, it can end up horrific. It can end up in tragedy. There's a large difference between the fire in a fireplace and the fire in a bushfire in our nation. And when it comes to healthy boundaries, dating and marriage, the fire's okay, but how you put boundaries around it becomes crucially important to a healthy relationship. When setting boundaries, it's important to stop and set them before the heat of the moment. I, I use this example a few times in church, but you don't fall off the edge of a cliff from five meters away. Yeah? Can I be honest in church this morning? <laughs> You asked for it. Um, you, you fall off the edge. 
You fall right here. You fall when you didn't have the boundaries, when you climbed over the fence, when you didn't have accountability around you. This is where you slip and you fall. And it's important, dating and marriage, and uh, I'll include this in marriage as well, having healthy boundaries, because if you can take five steps back, you slip, you're okay. You're fine. Um, Have people and accountability and structures and convictions in place before you get into a situation that you could fall and you could slip. Have it all the way back here. Because someone just doesn't get pregnant. They don't just get pregnant. There are boundaries all the way back that you have to stop and think, okay, am I willing to sacrifice who God's called me to be because of a situation? I'll put a boundary there. I'll put a boundary here. There'll be a phone call here. These are the 10 people that I'll have to lie to to make the wrong decision here. These are the men or women of God around me that I can call when I need to because my boundary is so far back from the edge. That can be in a relationship with each other. That can be in, when it comes to addictions and sexuality. I've got boundaries all the way back that if I fall, some people will catch me, but I won't, it won't destroy anything. I'll be back there in God's grace, in God's favor, with God's community, surrounded with people of character that have got Christ first, that have got community, and are living for the same cause. We need to put boundaries on our fire. The purity is, a se- is not a season. Purity is an ability to put the fire in the right place. Wrong boundaries today will result in wrong results tomorrow. Can I say the word sex in church? Thank you. Now, but it's important to understand that sexual desire is not an evil thing. It's not in the pit of hell it's discovered sex and talking about sex and sexuality is that's oh no that's from the devil no read your bible read song of songs the sexiest book in the bible um it's not something that needs to be in the dark it's something that needs to understand that it has a context that it has boundaries but it in spoken about in the wrong way that it dealt with in the wrong way that unhealthy relationships and boundaries that aren't uh, containing the fire correctly will result in tragedy We need to understand as a church family that God invented sex. I'm going to keep going because I'm about to get that for our married couples. Get ready, married couples, because it's going to be a big one for you. The second tip when it comes to dating and engaged is beliefs. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 14 describes this really well. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness or wicked have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Verse 16 says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Verse 17, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It's important to understand when it comes to dating and marriage that boundaries are important, but partnering with someone that has the same beliefs as you, that's going the same way as you, is crucial. And not only I believe that church is a good thing, or God could exist. But no, convictions. 
no, I'm going to live my next 50 years like this. This is the direction that I'm going. You go in the same direction? Can we run the same way? Because if we can't, if you want to go over there and do that thing, then we just can't run the same way because first is Jesus. Second is other things. First is Jesus. So it's important to get on the same page when it comes to beliefs. This scripture is used out of context so horrifically, um, but it's important for us. Uh, I don't have time to actually go through 2 Corinthians 6 completely and all of Corinthians and the context of Corinthians. But let's just understand as a church family, we need to be careful, prayerful, and wise when it comes to choosing the people that we partner with. If you're going in the same direction as someone, you'll end up in the right place. But if you're going different directions, you'll end up in a place you were never called to be in. You end up in the will of God by following the ways of God. Before I move on to marry, can I pause for a second? Before we get to married, I want to let you know a big bit of wisdom. Are you ready for it? You can write this one down. This will transform your life forever. You aren't married until you're married. Oh, what? Wow. My gosh. I'm going to talk to our guys in relationships pre-marriage right now. I don't know who you are. Um, you're not married yet. It's not your wife. Calm down. Can I talk to the ladies? It's not your husband yet. You're not married until you're married. So it's important not only to consider in, in this, this, this kind of this layering on single tips of what to live for or searching tips, what to look for, but when it comes to dating tips, you have to make a decision what you're going to choose to settle for. You don't get married because you're choosing to settle, because you need to have sex or want to have sex, because you've been dating for too long and you've been to too many weddings and you're getting pressured into getting married to the person because they were dating less than you guys and now it's time to get married. You don't get married because you want a wedding. You don't get married because you need to lock someone down or you don't get married even because you have kids with someone. Marriage does not ever fix your relationship. Marriage will never, ever, ever fix you. If you're unwilling to lose yourself and become one with another person, you're not married yet. You need to make the decision to run. If you're wanting to glorify God with your life, but you or your partner do not have Jesus as number one, you need to make the decision to run. If you're marrying a project and planning on changing them for the next 50 years, you need to run. And if you aren't happy with who you are now, you need to run. Because if dating Jesus didn't fulfill you, what hope does someone else have? <laughs> I've heard it in church love before, I'm just dating Jesus. But they're so sad. I'm like, yikes. If, if you're dating, I, I'm not envious of the person that is going to have to partner with you into your marriage. You need to be happy with who you are in Jesus. You need to be a whole heart. Know, know who you are when you walk into a room. Be secure in your identity in Him. And then someone else can add and partner and be a helper with who you're called to be. But if dating Jesus isn't for food, no one else ever will. Before we move on to marry, do the next right thing. It's not too late to do the next right thing. No matter what's happened up until this moment when it comes to being single, searching, or dating, you can make the decision to come back to God, to come back to what He has for you, and then see what He will do when you choose to trust Him with your whole heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. See Him make your path straight. 
Okay. We ready for the last few meters? Are we ready? Married people, here we go. Can I get a woo from our marrieds? Yes, you're let out of the house on this morning. I don't know. Well, that was a good intro for that one. Okay, so when it comes to marriage, these are the things, that no matter what has happened up until this point, you're married now, and these are the things you need to fight for. We don't need to have conversations about what you're settling for or running. You're married. This is the things that I think are four important tips, mission, mentorship, memories, and moments that will make your marriage flourish more in the next week than maybe it has in the last year. Ephesians 5 verse 32 to 33 says this. This is a huge mystery. Okay, Ephesians 5 um, talks through the role of a husband and the role of a wife. It it says all these things. And and then it finishes um, with this. A lot of people grab the first bit of Ephesians uh, 5 without the end bit of Ephesians 5, which is fun. Um, This is a huge mystery, and I do not pretend to understand it. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and uh, loving himself in loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Ephesians 5 is a chapter about Jesus in the church, and then it's used as an imagery. Uh, it is not a perfect definition. It's used as imagery to say this is the example that we should follow. I say it's used as imagery because it would be very unusual for me to assume that any man or any woman could have the kind of relationship that Christ has with the church. But it is an example that we pursue. It is something we submit ourselves to and go on the journey. Um, When it comes to mission, the first thing when it comes to marriage is focus on why you are together. Remember that the marriage should reflect Jesus in the church. Come back to the Bible and focus on the mission of your marriage. To be an incredible companion. To stand for each other. To have someone to love Jesus and change the world with. You'll never become second by putting God first. Simple things like choosing to serve in church together. Simple things. uh, We have this thing in our church called the Celebration Code. Uh, The Celebration Code existed after a thing called the Mitchell Code. The Mitchell Code is a thing on our wall in our house until last week, Jeremiah and Ellie pulled all the little letters. It's one of those boards you put the letters on. They pulled it off and now the Mitchells have no idea who they are anymore. Um, We're doing some weird stuff this week. But there are things that uh, back in 2012, I think, um, I just, me and Alex just spent some time and got these things called the Mitchell um, Code. They're simple things. It's the first one is to love God and His Word, to love, know, study, and apply, and rest in the Word of God and the voice of God. Second thing, to love people, to truly love people, to make true disciples and always empower others. The third, to serve God and His church, to serve God and the body of Christ with humility, not demanding our own way and always bringing joy to our leaders and be known as shield bearers. Fourth thing, to be supernaturally generous in words, time, opportunities, and money. And the fifth thing, never stop growing and live rested. To move forward in our marriage, family, and mission, to stay focused on our God-given destiny, to not stop, uh, but to move forward with expectation to what God has, to not rest in our current gift level. And then we have some ones that we haven't officially concreted yet, which is prioritizing our marriage. That's a good one. Uh, it's not there yet. Uh, and to do 5%, to do the 5% of things that God's asked us to do, not the 95% that maybe everyone else can ask us to do. We have a code as a family now that was written when we were just a couple um, because when the storms come, we can question our mission. When we don't have much money, we can question, okay, are we going to be supernaturally generous? Are we going to live in a way that we believe that there's a supernatural margin that God's called us to live in? 
that we're going to step out of what is comfortable and live a supernatural marriage and a supernatural life. Have a mission as a married couple. Know who you are. Know what is acceptable and is unacceptable when it comes to the people that you will be and the little people potentially that you will raise up. Second thing is this, mentorship. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, and please everyone in the room hear me. This is not something just for the married couples. Mentorship isn't exclusively for married people. It says, follow my example. This is Paul speaking. As I follow the example of Christ, I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. Paul understood something incredible um, that all he needed to do was to live an example and encourage other people to live that example. The example that Paul is saying here isn't do everything I do. He's saying follow my example and my example is to follow Christ. So chase God like I chase God. Not become a weird mini version of me that was like copy and pasted and ends up like a, a knockoff in a, like a corner store of the actual Avengers. That's not really the Avengers and Superman has three eyes or something. Not a copy of who Paul is but to follow the example to chase after Christ. We need mentors in our world that will inspire us again to run back to Jesus. And as married couples, please, 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 don't exclusively have your mentorship with the person you are living with. (laughs) Who is making you better as a couple? Mentors are people that can stand on the outside and bring you back to truth. Someone who makes you feel big and your challenges seem small. Because what you think is normal probably isn't normal. It's really easy to get caught in your marriage and be like, okay, this is, this is how we talk. Like, this is how we communicate. Oh, this is because this is your parents and my parents, and this is how we're going to do this thing together. And we can get caught in a normal that uh, isn't God's normal for us. So it's important to get people on the outside to start. And I can encourage you, the longer you are married, the less normal you will become. <laughs> because the longer you get married, the, the more you can just get caught in those motions. About, okay, this is what we, it's date. It's date, day. We have it once a year now. No, that, when did that become normal? Or the, this is the person closest to me, so they see who I really am. So I give them all of my bad stuff. When did, when did that become normal? When did it become the closest people get the worst of you and the randoms get the best? So it's important to have mentors in your world that can actually be like, hey, wait up a second. Like how you guys are talking right now isn't normal. Like how you're talking right now, like let's come back to Jesus. Let's come back to the truth. Let's come back to maybe how you talk to each other on the honeymoon. Let's come back to to truth. And if you don't have mentors in your world, you might find yourself constantly trying to get to a normal that someone on the outside can just be like, hey, let's remember who we are. Let's remember the truth of Jesus. Let's remember why you're in this scene. Let's remember the fruitfulness that is called to happen. Because if we're following Christ in the church, there's a big mission for us to do as married people. Can I get an amen? Find people that will make you better as a couple. And please, 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 let me talk about mentorship for a second. Please don't look for an expert. Because like, if you're looking for a marriage expert, you would disqualify Jesus himself to speak into your marriage. Yeah? Or they haven't been married long enough, or they don't have those kids yet, or they haven't gone through that situation yet, and Jesus be like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not allowed to talk either. 
So it's important not to be looking at the things that the world looks at, but to look at people that will bring you back to the truth, that will bring you back to who you're called to be. Because if you're waiting for someone that's been married for 150 years to open the secrets in a book and they push it over the table and your marriage just gets really fruitful, you might be waiting for a little, a little bit of time, a little minute. So look for people that will make you better as a couple. Second last thing is this, memories. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about such things. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice always. It is the shortest verse in the Bible. Rejoice always. In the original text, it is shorter than Jesus wept. So don't be like, Jesus wept has less letters. No, original text, go back to the Bible, study your Hebrew and your Greek. Come on, guys. Rejoice always. Shortest verse. Hopefully, you can do that one as a memory verse and just nail it. So if anyone ever asks you what your favorite verse is, um, rejoice always. I study the Word. I study the Word. It's in my code. I study the Word. I know the Word. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's important as a married couple to remember and reflect on the memories that you have created. You shouldn't just wait for tragedy or for circumstances to get really bad. We should learn how to rejoice always. standing with the Millers on Friday night and hearing Coral be able to celebrate their 40-year marriage and the things they did and the adventures that they had and now this new season where there's uncertainty, but being able to be like, we've had the best time. Like, you don't need to wait for moments just like that to be like, no, we're going to be the people that choose to focus on the good, focus on those trips and focus on those things we did and those risks that we took and focus on those good times and focus on those dumb times and focus on the time we tried that it didn't work and this happened over here. Stop and remember. Married couples, maybe some of us need to remember what romance is. (laughs) Maybe some of us need to remember how to champion our partners. Maybe some of us need to look at our partners like we did on our first date. Maybe we need to burn the list of the wrong things that they've done and stop collecting them in general. There was a date that me and Alex had, um, it was when Jen was like one, because your marriage changes in different seasons, obviously. If you've got newborn kids, it's a little bit different to teenagers. Um, I'll go there in a second. Don't worry, I'll go there. Um, but we had this date. It was a great date. We ordered Domino's in. It was great. Um, we sat in the lounge. I think we watched like Beauty and the Geek or something. It was like some incredible reality. T- oh, no, it would have been The Biggest Loser because whenever you get takeaway, you always want to watch The Biggest Loser because it makes you feel better about yourself. Um, been that. But there was this point, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me um, mentioning it. She's not in the room, so she can't stop me. Um, there was this point in our lovely date. I think Jem was asleep in like his little, little bed thing like over in the corner of the lounge room. Um, and she got out a pet egg. Do you know what that is? It's something that shaves the dead skin. And she started, like an electric ones, and And I turned to her, and I said something that I'll use as a truth for you this morning. I said, if this was our first date, you wouldn't get a second. (laughs) And if you think that's harsh, and you like dead skin being thrown all over your pizza, I'll pray for you at the end of the service, and 
Don't judge me. Don't come to this church to judge me. You judge yourself. Um, but look at your, maybe make your last date a little bit more like your first date, like you're still trying. <laughs> yeah? Like you haven't checked out. And that's not just for her. I ordered pizza in. Okay, that wasn't the 10 out of 10 husband day for me either. I like to take her out for pizza. We like to go to Domino's and wait in the foyer. And have pizza there like, like a restaurant. Um, but memories. Remember romance. Remember how to champion your partner. Remember what the first date was like. Remember what you fell in love with at the beginning. Honestly, remember how to have sex. <laughs> Sex is not something exclusively for the first year of marriage. There was a scripture teacher once. I wasn't in school at the time because it would have been really inappropriate if he said this to a student. Um, But it was when I was first married. And he said, if you get an M&M and put it in a jar for every time that you guys have sex in the first year of your marriage, for the rest of your life, if every time you have sex, you eat one M&M, you'll never get to the bottom. And I was like, that is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. It's a newlywed. Um, But sex isn't exclusively for your honeymoon or for your first year or in one season of life. Of course, it's going to change in different seasons. We have two um, little kids at the moment. That's going to be different from when they're teenagers, when they're out over their friends' houses. The game's going to change all over again, church. And if you're a teenager in this room, just receive that for your parents as well. Um, It's the truth. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, then be uncomfortable. Um, Dear married couples, let me give you a mission from God. Have more sex. Pursue each other. Make romance a priority. Make a decision that it's not just going to be something that is described in the Bible as something for a season, but instead pursue each other, be selfless. Make pleasure your portion. Can I get an amen in church from our married couples? So tonight, church, if you need to go home with your your spouse and remind them of the mission that God gave you in church today. You remind them of the truth of the Word of God. Can all the married couples say, pleasure is my portion? No single people, you shut your mouths. You shut your mouths. Pleasure is not your portion yet. Control the fire. The last thing is this, as I get Natty up on guitar and we'll close the service. Uh, Moments. Sorry, I said Maddie up on guitar, not Natty. (laughs) So married couples, mission, remember the mission, mentorship, remember the discipleship, memories, and then lastly, moments. Ephesians 5 verse 28 to 31 says this, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Married couples, can I encourage you, commit yourself to making new moments. To making new moments. No marriage can exist on memories alone. (laughs) Do you remember the good old days? I want the good old days now. A simple commitment to making real meaningful meaningful moments today will make your marriage flourish today. And I said it before, but if your last date was your first date, would you go for a second? Flourish in the season that you're in now. 
married people, let's remember the good things that have happened, but let's make a decision. We're going to make some moments now. When I think back of our marriage, uh, it's only been nine years. We've got another hundred in the tank. We're ready to go. But the, the memories that we've had of pre-kids being like, let's go to Melbourne today. So we just get in our car and fly to Melbourne like four days before Christmas and end up spending more money in four days than it would have cost to go to America for the same. But that's a memory. We got trapped in Melbourne on Christmas Eve and my mom's like triple booking ticket. It was very expensive. But it's a memory. I want to live off just that memory. I want to live off yesterday where we've got date day and Andrew Rankin's there and we're just living the dream. Like that's a moment. It's a moment. He sits down, takes my hand. He reminds me of who I am in God. It's it's beautiful. (laughs) To keep on making moments, to keep on prioritizing what you would have written down on your honeymoon that your marriage will be. Fight for it. Fight for it like it was the first date and you were putting your best foot forward and hiding all your crazy. Hide a bit of your crazy a little bit more often (laughs) and make it about them. Be selfless. To recap, cause, make sure we're living it for Jesus. Community, make sure we're finding family. Christ, make sure that He is the foundation. Character, make sure we're looking for people that have strong character and who they are in God. Boundaries, if we're dating or married, let's, let's get boundaries in. They don't keep us safe. They don't keep the fire contained well. They don't keep the fire going for a long time. Beliefs, looking for people that have the same beliefs, are in the same lane, running the same direction at the same speed. If you're just if you're dating people, if you're just waiting, just fix your eyes on Jesus and just run. It's been said many times, just put your head down and just run. Just get in your lane and run. Look up every so often, but just keep on running and find someone that's in the same lane, going the same direction, because you'll have a successful marriage if you're running in the same lane. But if you are married, make sure come back to the mission. Why do we exist? How are we changing the world? How is this not just about us and getting through and holding hands in worship, but this is about someone more than me? Mentorship, find people to remind you of the good that God has for your marriage. Memories, remember what He's done in moments. Be expectant, participate in what He wants to do. If you have kids and date night seems hard, can I encourage you that a babysitter is cheaper than a divorce lawyer? That it's better to maintain the car than it to get ridden off the road and have to do a lot of work. Now, commit to it now. Be faithful with it now. Make it healthy now. Because um, you'll find yourself in a good place in the will of God when you follow His ways. I want to pray for us this morning. Next Sunday, Pastor Benara is going to be sharing around dating and marriage part two. And I believe there'll be a moment next Sunday where um, our couples, uh, our married couples, we're going to take a moment to pray for you, to pray that God will be the center, to pray that these things that are being talked about won't just be theories or ideas, that as the Holy Spirit convicts you, that you'll also know that He gives you the grace to step out and do something about it. It's not just being like, oh, no, 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 I can do the next right thing. And we're going to take that moment as a church family. But I'm just going to ask for every single eye to be closed because what I want to finish with, uh, I'll say goodbye to everyone on our podcast. Have a fantastic week. (laughs) See you next Sunday. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.